If you've been listening to our podcast, you've probably caught on that we believe it's essential to optimize your nutrition during pregnancy and postpartum to support you and your baby's well-being. And although eating a healthy, well-balanced diet is crucial during these times in a woman's life, it might not be enough. Pregnancy and postpartum greatly increase the needs for certain nutrients, and to make things worse, factors such as stress, caffeine and sugar consumptions, poor sleep, and even chronic health conditions can all dramatically increase nutrient needs even more. That's why we decided to partner with Seeking Health, a high-quality supplement company that offers a variety of supplements to help you optimize your nutrition and get everything your body needs during these unique times in your life. Their supplements are made with bioavailable, pure ingredients in CGMP-certified facilities in the U.S., and they have an award-winning prenatal line. They also offer a rewards program, so make sure to sign up for an account when you make a purchase to save money on future orders. Click the link in the show notes to shop for Seeking Health Supplements today. Now on to today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Modern Moms Wellness Podcast. I am Renata, and this is Jenna, and we are here to discuss with you all things motherhood and the journey through the process with simple and practical advice and guidance. With that being said, we have reached episode six, which is also another guest episode. Very excited for this one because today we have on Leela Peterson, a trauma-informed womb restoration coach holistic abdominal massage therapist, and Arvigo practitioner. Leela is a licensed practitioner of the Arvigo techniques of Maya abdominal therapy with advanced training in holistic nutrition and somatic healing. Leela has worked with over a thousand women with conditions such as bladder, rectal, uterine, prolapse, birth injuries, sexual trauma, and numbness during sex. Her clientele are women over 40 who feel like their aging bodies are robbing them from reaching their sexual peak. Her work allows for women in partnership to experience more intimacy and closeness. Lila works with a tantric approach because creating safety inside the body allows for complete alignment, which allows for deeper sensations to be felt. These days, Lila enjoys hiking, reading, running, and being with her young daughters. Welcome, Leela. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for Welcome, coming Leela. on. We're so excited to have you on today. Um, and we spoke a few weeks ago, and that was a really great conversation. And I just, I can't wait to, for you to share all the things that we were talking about just a few weeks ago um, to our audience. So um, we just want to get started by asking you um, if you could share a bit about your personal journey and what led you to become passionate about massage therapy and somatic practices and what you're doing with clients. Sure. So uh, for context, I'm 44 and I was a kid in the 80s. I grew up on rice aroni and all these horrible TV dinners that were mm -hmm. considered progressive back then, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, empowering to feed your kids these things so the mom could work more hours. Um, and I grew up on Kool-Aid, country crock, like the powdered sugar, mm -hmm. quote, quote, lemonade, the Lipton iced tea that was just a, five scoops of sugar with water. Mm -hmm. I grew up in, uh, in the projects where all the water was fluoridated. Um, and I just was fed into this this machine, you know, that is sponsored by, um, the, the, uh, the FDA, the USDA mm -hmm. and the CDC, et cetera. 
And I was a really sickly child. I had a tonsillectomy when I was seven, all sorts of issues. I had hearing problems. I had learning issues. I had every possible ailment. Um, I actually didn't even complete high school because learning was just so hard for me all the time that it was just grueling to have to sit through, um, through class. I couldn't understand the material. I couldn't focus. And, um, I believe that it was just, I, I think I was just a, the average kid growing up in the, with the average lifestyle in the United States, in my opinion. So when I turned 19, I had a roommate that was a, a few years older than me that was really into health and healing. And, um, that just sent me off like on a trajectory. And I, I went to college for nutrition. Um, I learned, I learned very quickly after graduation that that was just a $56,000 piece of paper because, um, I was a pretty strict vegan at the time. I'm no longer as strict, but I learned that when I started working for $14 an hour, um, I would end up just telling people, oh, you have osteoporosis, drink more milk. Oh, you have this problem, eat more meat, you know? here's, you know, we, we feed senior citizens and sure like that mm -hmm. liquid yeah. supplement drink. Mm -hmm. Um, very high. In so sugar. just knowing that I would just be going back into that system, I decided not to pursue anything in the nutritional field. Um, instead I went to the Institute for integrative nutrition, which is a more holistic school. Some of you may have heard of it. I'm sure your listeners are, have heard of it. That turned out to be a wonderful experience. Um, I was 32 when I finished that education and I became a health coach pretty much right out the gate. And I got pretty addicted to uh, the whole coaching sector. I've been doing that now for for uh, 12 years. Um, I've changed niches, niches a couple times. Um, I worked with people with digestive disorders first. And then I worked for six years with people who were traumatized by the family court system and needed a health, like some health guidance because they had their kids taken. Um, they had all their money taken from the divorce. They were without their money and their kids and they were left with no hope. And mm -hmm. so learning what trauma does to the body is what got me into my third niche, which is, you know, women over 40 that are, that want to reach their se sexual peak, um, but have a lot of history that is blocking them from doing so health, his, you know, health challenges, relationship challenges, inner child issues. And so, um, the massage piece was a little different. I just simply wanted to be self-employed <laughs> and I felt like massage therapy was the quickest route to, to getting there. Um, so I've been doing massage therapy for about 14 years now. So, um, so here I am. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful how your journey just, it kind of unfolded as you went along and, and learned new things. And um, I'm guessing that the education you got in nutrition was, was it dietetics? nutrition yeah, yeah so yeah. i <laughs> yeah. it's um i i definitely have a lot of um opinions about the shortcomings of uh, dietetics but it it is yeah. more of um i'd say like clinical like hospital based mm. nutrition kind of like mm -hmm. you have this problem um here's this diet for you and there's no mm -hmm. real personalization so that's great i've heard great things about iin right um right and yeah so that's amazing that you were able to find that program and and mm -hmm. branch away from the dietetics and mm -hmm. have that evolve into into what you're doing now yeah. And IIN also encourages self-employment, which 
is another, it's kind of, I I almost want to say it's kind of necessary to be self-employed if you're Mm -hmm. going to divert from the United States system um, that Mm -hmm. is sponsored and heavily subsidized. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And then can you tell us all a little bit about what our Vigo practitioner means? I would love to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, um, interestingly, I had, it took, I was trying for seven, eight, nine months to conceive um, my second child. And Mm -hmm. um, I happened to share massage space with a a woman who did abdominal therapy. And I heard that it's great for fertility. And so I just went in and got a massage from her. She worked on my abdominals. I found it to be fairly uneventful, but it was just nice to have that experience. But I ended up getting pregnant that cycle. It could have just been um, a shift in, um, you know, consciousness or something like that, that led to it. Um, but what I did learn was that even though I didn't have challenges that I knew of, um, what I learned was that so many people are suffering from IBS, um, reflux, um, SIBO, which is small intestinal back fibroids, mm-hmm. painful menstruation. And these are women that were under third, like between 25 and 35, I was shocked to see how young this population is. And um, that got me really curious. Like, I wonder why there's so many women that are having struggles. And um, I went and took the training. It was like 60 hours of training. It just, I don't really know why I did it. I think I was just led to doing it um, out of curiosity. And I since decided to specialize in that. That was eight years ago. And to this day, I'm still amazed at how many young women are coming to see me very rarely will I get someone who's over like my age or over. And, um, I have some theories of why, but it's, it's definitely, it seems to me that it's a young women's problem. Mm -hmm. Um, for example, I don't know. I, to this day, I haven't, I don't, not, not that I go around asking everybody, but I don't think I've met anyone over 65 who has gluten issues. I feel like this is a, a, a kid's teenager and young adult problem. So why are we getting all these gluten sensitivities out of nowhere? Um, Mm. Why are there young moms with toddlers and preschoolers putting them on a gluten-free diet when my age, there was no such thing. We were eating Wonder Bread out of the bag. And Mm -hmm. sure, we weren't probably weren't that healthy, but we certainly weren't getting eczema and, Mm -hmm. and, and all the digestive issues. There was literally no such thing when I was a kid. And um, that wasn't that long ago. And so it's just been so eye-opening seeing how many young people are affected by abdominal stuff. So, yeah, I've actually just been talking about that with some people. I was like, why are disorders on a rise all of a sudden within the last mm. 15, I'd say 10, 15, 20 yes. years. Cause like I'm 33. I'm not, you know, like I wasn't born yesterday, but I also like, I've noticed a trend in my own uh, studies, how things just skyrocketed the last 20 years. And, you know, it makes you think like what's going on with our food or the pharmaceutical industry, or, I mean, I can go on a, 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 you know, whatever about it, but (laughs) like what's happening that has caused eczema um, to shoot up, to cause childhood cancers and young women can reproductive cancers. Like I've noticed a lot of people my age who are getting breast cancer so young all mm-hmm. of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. uterine. Can- I'm like, what is, how is this happening? 
Is yeah. that something that like you've seen and, and tried to work on too, like just minimizing these disorders that are all of a sudden just kind of skyrocketing? Like, is that something that you potentially focus on in your, in your work? Um, so I, it's kind of funny. I actually don't do a lot of personal research, uh, mm-hmm. but I do a- attend a lot of rallies and um, things at the, I live in Connecticut. So I go to, I, I live really close to Hartford. So I've been at Hartford probably 30 times in the past six years to fight for um, the, the, um, the, right to have bodily autonomy with our kids um, because of these concerns Mm -hmm. Um, and the government wants us to do certain things with our kids that we don't agree with. And so I don't really study it on a professional level. It's Mm -hmm. more a, of a social thing that I I do on my spare time. I, I do read books. I follow RFK Jr. Um, And Mm. okay. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I met him like four times. And so, wow. Um, it's something I do more as a hobby. I don't really tie it into my work, but I do find that the people that come see me are are of similar minded, um, such as myself. So, um, but I will tell you that the first time I heard the word autism, I was 20 and it was on T I was watching a talk show and it came up. And I didn't even know, I never heard that word. I didn't know how to spell it. I didn't know anything about it, but there was a little kid with autism on, on this talk show. It was actually Joe Montana's son or daughter. I don't remember if it was a boy or girl, but he's a former football player uh, in my day. Yeah. (laughs) I remember him. Yep. Yeah. So he had a a child with autism and I go, Oh, autism. What is that? That's really interesting. And I watched the whole show and that I was 20 and, um, and I, so, you know, my part, my partner is 22. Yes, I am dating a gentleman half my age. Um, and That's he okay. said that he's been around kids with autism his whole life. So um, I was like, well, I haven't. And I grew up in the projects. I went to, you know, um, nine different school systems as a kid. And I never met a kid with autism. You know, yes, sure. There's relabeling and all that or, you know, better diagnoses. But there's, you know, we're, we're all the 65 year olds with autism, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Very true. So, yeah. 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 Very true. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot something. more there's to else. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it's one in four now kids. I mean, yeah. Or one in four me. boys or something now. I can't remember. Boys. And mm-hmm. I think in New Jersey, there's yeah. a specific place in New Jersey where the numbers are just outrageous. I think it's. I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure exactly. My, my son was diagnosed in 08, and that's actually what also led me to this. And there, at that time, in 2008, it was one in 166. Hmm. What? So, yeah. So in like 15 years, it's. Wow. Yeah. It shot up. So, okay. Wow. I yeah. did not know that it was, it was one in a hundred and what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, and- um, I'd like to actually just, you know, contact you, talk to you about a little more, <laughs> yeah. some more stuff and just kind of like <laughs> chat a little. Um, cool. Well, and then anyway, so uh, speaking of some other things, then can you explain to us then what pelvic massage is? Because I think sure. that could be a, riddle, a really good thing for women, even prior to pregnancy and then mm-hmm. pregnancy and then after pregnancy. Just tell us yeah. a little bit more about that. Absolutely. It's wonderful. So primarily the, the typically the, the organ that we're most, that is most agreeable to being massage is the uterus and that's because it moves easily it's not 
you know, it's not tightly um, stuck to any bone tissue. It, it's supposed to move. It's only hung by ligaments, I think nine or 11 ligaments. So it's just kind of suspended. And so because the uterus is so, it's kind of just chilling, you know, um, with ligaments, there's not, it's not held up by really anything else. It's able to move around, which is great because we, we need it to be movable for pregnancy and menstruation. The uterus doubles in size and in weight during menstruation. So we want to have that kind of mobility, but uh, with a lot of mobility, sometimes, oftentimes the uterus becomes out of place. It could be retroverted. So it's like leaning back. It could be retroflex, which means it's leaning forward or it could be leaning to the side. And so when the uterus is leaning in front back, it could cause issues like constipation. So if the uterus is pushing into the, to the bowel, it could cause constipation. If it's leaning forward into the bladder, it could cause bladder leakage. Um, and, um, also it can impact, uh, fertility because if the uterus is out of place, it won't receive sperm as easily and implantation could be compromised. And so massaging the wombs, the womb area allows it to guide it, the womb back into its proper alignment. Um, it's also wonderful for constipation when you're massaging, um, a, an organ that is, um, kind of like solidified with waste, um, that helps constipation. Um, I go into like the upper organs, like the pancreas, the liver, especially the diaphragm. It's not really an organ, but, um, really I, the whole area is worked on from the sternum to the pubic bone. And, um, it's a wonderful experience for women also who are numb and disconnected from their bodies. So I suffered from sexual numbness for 27 years <laughs> from age 15 to 42. I was like 95% numb. I had very little sensation. And, um, when we are, when we move, when we actually put our hands on our bodies and love our abdominals and massage them, um, it can help restore love to our bodies, which allows for more sensation during sexual intimacy. And, um, it just helps the woman reconnect with her body because I teach the woman her own massage, which is actually the most important piece of what I do is actually what I teach them to do at home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say like what you do at home is worth more than paying $200 to have a, a professional do it. Even though I'm a professional, you're the professional of your own organs. You're, mm -hmm. you know, the placement, you know, what feels good, what's too much pressure. Um, and so, yeah, so this work is mostly done by the client on her own, on her own time. And I'm really just there to teach her, um, how to do it. So, yeah. That's great. And, um, when we talked on the phone, you mentioned how the womb space is, it's such a, a sacred place in our body and how it making sure that it's, it's healthy and, um, you're able to connect with it is a great way to support manifestation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, we grow a baby from the space. Um, and so the chakra system speaks about the sacral chakra being the, the place for creativity and manifestation. And so I always encourage women, like if you want to bring in more money, if you want to bring in more love, more love, you know, more vitality into your life, do some belly breathing, put your hands on your womb space and do some breath work around, around, um, um, in, into that area. You could do like womb breathing, belly breathing. I teach this to my clients as well. 
it's what's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Do you do anything with lymphatic massage or is that totally I actually don't. There's like three techniques I do that supports the lymphatic system and -hmm. also reflexology, I believe is pretty supportive of the reflexology, the the lymphatic system. So I'm also a reflexologist, but I'm not a trained lymphatic drainage specialist. That training is actually very um, involved. There's a lot of um, hours Mm -hmm. that must be put into it. And so I'll refer the client to an actual lymphatic drainage therapist for for that. Hmm. Have nice. you ever used reflexology on a woman for like regaining, you know, space in their womb or pregnancy or any or like fertility or anything like that? Yeah, pretty much everyone who comes into my office, I'd say ninety five percent of them get reflexology <laughs> unless they say no. <laughs> yeah, have their socks on. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And now just for like my legal coverage, that's actually not part of our Vigo therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I include that. So, um, I wouldn't want someone to seek an Arvigo practitioner in Oregon or something and say, well, where's the reflexology? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's something I include. And I always tell my clients like, just, just here's a disclaimer. This isn't part of the Arvigo protocol. I'm just putting this in. So they, everybody gets about 20 minutes of reflexology when they see me as well. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. do put a lot of focus on the, the womb space and digestive system. Yeah. I actually started looking into doing reflexology and getting some sort of certification because I always thought that was super interesting. Your feet connection to your the rest of your body. And it. I mean, someone called me up and was like, hey, you should become a reflexologist. And I was like, what's that? And then uh, <laughs> he went into it and he said it worked numbers on me and he had cancer. And so he, he was like, it, it, it really changed my body and how I was perceiving my cancer and it's, it minimized it. And I was like, that's really interesting. I've never even heard of it before this really. So yeah, so that's, that's really interesting. And, um, and definitely something that could be worked on. I, I just love all the things that women can use in, you know, when we're thinking about healing ourselves or when we're thinking about getting pregnant and even in postpartum, this could all be beneficial for them and healing and, you know, transitioning into this motherhood period. And, um, so yeah. So, um, with the somatic therapies, how do you integrate that in there too? Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I, I feel like I didn't answer your previous question properly enough. Um, a a pre a woman who's thinking of getting pregnant it, this is phenomenal work for people who are trying to conceive and if someone is going through IVF they want to maximize their chances they want that $15,000 procedure mm-hmm. to pay off you know mm-hmm. so they will see me like a day or two before their their let's see there's the retrieval and then there's a the transfer so they see me right before the transfer um to, to like prepare the womb for the for the procedure um and, and it's also wonderful for, po- it's hugely beneficial for postpartum because I have always, I, I actually suffer from uh, rectal and um, I have a cystocele and a rectocele. I got both. My, my third child gave me that as a gift. And um, the this work is wonderful for the postpartum period where sometimes the walls will collapse, you know, like the, the bladder will fall into the vaginal canal. And that is so scary for some mm-hmm. new moms. 
when they experience that because you actually feel it sliding. I don't know if anyone's experienced Ooh, that. No. Yeah, you'll you know you'll be sitting there nursing your baby and you'll just wow. feel it. And I'm like, oh, that's a prolapse. And mm-hmm. I said, I said, wow, like, um, if I didn't know what I know about this work, I would be so scared. And because they, some women get so scared, they think their uterus will like fall out on the sidewalk. Wow. You know, like you know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. But it it feels really mm-hmm. scary. But I was able to say, okay, I know what I have to do. Um, I'm going to just do my self-care to help guide my organs back in place. Um, so yeah, it's hugely beneficial for postpartum moms. It helps realign the womb into the right alignment so she could menstruate properly when her body's ready to menstruate again. Um, and I always joke about like, have you ever tried to put a sleeping bag back into the, into the pouch? You want <laughs> to, it comes out easily, but putting it back in, you want, you want the uterus to be properly like put back put back in, in place after the birth. So, um, um, that's the, that's the actual answer to your question. Um, and you also asked about the somatic work in, in the massage sessions. Um, yeah, I guess whenever yeah. you, yeah, whenever you use your somatic therapies or your somatic, um, yeah, uh, like with the womb space and, um, manifestation and inner child work, stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So that work actually happens outside of my office that is exclusively through zoom and there's a couple reasons for that um i feel that um this work with the somatic work and like the inner child healing i think it's so much more effective to offer these through zoom because a you can reach more people i'm not limited to my zip code and b hugely important is if if I'm a client and I'm receiving inner child healing and I'm about to have a purging moment, so I want to scream, I want to shake, I want to cry, it can help to be able to, to know that you could turn off your camera mm-hmm. um, or turn off your, your audio so that if you have, so that you could have a, a more potent purging moment um, without feeling like, oh my gosh, someone's watching me. Mm-hmm. It can be kind of triggering to have someone inner small room with you, um, during these episodes. Um, whereas if someone's in the comfort of their own home, knowing they could, they could actually, I've actually had clients end end a session two thirds of the way in because they were healing so rapidly that they, that their nervous system couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the full session, which is beautiful because they know when you know your limit, that's how you know you're growing when you, when you reach the edge. Um, in a, small massage therapy room, it's a little bit too confronting to have a person present. I'm sure if I got more advanced training, I could hold space in that environment, but I only do those through Zoom at this time. Nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like personally, I would just being a little more introverted and um, I guess shy with new people. I don't know if shy is the best word, but um, an appropriate amount of, I take the inappropriate amount of time to get comfortable with, mm-hmm. <laughs> with people. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like if I were to do somatic therapies like that, um, I would, I would love to be able to turn my camera off, turn my audio, audio off and, and not have, um, not feel like I, I want to hold back because of, um, 
just fear of judgment, I guess. And I know that as practitioners, um, there, there is no judgment really. It's, you know, you're there as a guide, you're there to hold space. You're not there to, to judge people along their journeys. Um, Mm -hmm. but it can feel when you're in that client position, it can feel very vulnerable and, and I'm sure over time people become more comfortable to working with you as the sessions go on um, to to leave their audio on, leave their video on. Do you, do you notice that that happens at all? Most of the time they leave both audio and video on. Um, and I've always said this, knowing that you have the option to turn it off almost creates more safety, knowing that you mm-hmm. can if you need to. And then because they feel more safety, they don't find the need to. It's kind of reverse psychology. Um, I remember two years ago, I, I, I do a lot of juice fasting. So I go in for colonics quite a bit when I'm doing it. I remember I was getting a colonic done and the, the practitioner was right here, like right next to my face, like, you know, and uh, I actually had a panic attack. Um, Mm -hmm. and I kept saying like, Oh, you know, I would really enjoy it if I was in the room by myself. (laughs) I said that like three times and she wouldn't leave the room, you know, and, um, I actually had a panic attack. I could feel the sweat coming and I, I, I talked myself out of a panic attack, which is an interesting skill to learn. It's really um, hard to do. So yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah, I talked myself out of a panic attack with my boyfriend in the room with me like a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I just talked myself out of a panic attack. with <laughs> So, but um, yeah. And so I remember what that felt like and there's no, and I couldn't release when you, when you have a gallon of water in your abdomen, <laughs> And you can't even release it. It's that's pretty telling, you know, that you're <laughs> that you need a little bit of space, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, little side side note. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask about so with massage therapy and painful periods because you talked about um, doing mm-hmm. massage to help women in postpartum um, just be prepared for their menstrual cycle to start again, um, and I. Personally, I, after I, I had an IUD put in a copper IUD back in college and I never really had painful periods before that. Um, but that kind of sparked, um, really long-term pain with periods. Um, and I noticed after I had my first, after I had my son, the periods, um, when they started, I, I continued to have painful periods. Um, and then after I had my daughter, for whatever reason, it was maybe a, a year um, after they started up again, I think probably a year postpartum, I started my period again. And then for a whole year, they were wonderful. I had no issues, no pain. I actually loved getting my periods, which was for the first time in I don't even know how long, 20 or 10 years or something like that. Um, and so I've done some different work with herbs and with food and diet. And I know one of the the most important things for me to help with my painful periods is to use herbs that help bring circulation and blood flow to the uterus. Um, and I'm wondering, is that is that part of what massage is doing? Is it helping to bring that blood flow? And, and what else is that helping with? Yeah. And this is so funny. This, I, 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 I believe in divine timing because I lived for over 30 years with like, when I say zero, I literally mean zero 
period discomfort. I've never had to take a day off. I've never had to take ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah, nothing. And then 4th of July weekend, like uh, two and a half months ago, my body decided to put me into meno perimenopause. Wow. And my periods have been so painful. Oh, geez. And I, and I say, oh my gosh, is this what they're talking about when people mm. say they have painful periods? Like, whoa, like this is what I've literally been able to not experience for over 30 years. And oh my gosh, I, I really feel for anyone listening who has difficult menstruation because now I get it. Like, I'm like, okay, this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, what it does is, um, sure, it brings blood flow. Um, and also the uterus is a muscle. So anytime you rub a sore muscle, it feels nice typically. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really like just relieving, um, bringing friction and heat to the area. It's just another way to bring heat to the area other than a heating pad. Um, the massage helps realign the uterus so that if it's off to the side, if it's leaning back, it brings it more to alignment so that the blood can empty faster. It's not just blood. It's, there's other material too, but um, it helps the material empty effectively. If the uterus is leaning to the side, it can't empty as effectively. And um, it's important to know that if someone starts a menstrual cycle with brown or black material, then it's leftover blood from a previous cycle. It didn't mm -hmm. empty all the way. And so that's actually pretty common for women who have their their uterus is out of alignment because um, gravity doesn't allow for the uterus to fully empty every month. So the massage also, in addition to bringing heat and like soothing the muscle, um, it allows for the uterus to be back in alignment, which is something that Rosita Arvigo talks about all the time. And she's the person who created the Arvigo techniques of Mayan abdominal massage. She's, they're really big on having the uterus in the right position so that it could empty properly every month. Mm -hmm. And I, I am learning that, um, I also had a miscarriage in January and that kind of made my periods kind of weird for a while. I, I learned that like miscarriage. Now I'm learning perimenopause, um, and childbirth. It's just like a kind of a, it kind of reboots the hormones. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so anytime yeah. a woman has had a miscarriage and starts up her cycles, don't be surprised if your cycles are completely different. Same with subsequent children. Did you say you had mm -hmm. Three, three ch children and had different cycles? Or? Two. So after I had my son, um, I went back to having painful periods. What initially sparked it was the IUD. I don't know if you caught that part, but I had a copper IUD put in when I was 19. And it was the most painful thing that I've ever experienced. Yeah. I was struggling with pain, it was probably like a week straight I would be in pain. Um, and when I would start menstruating on on that day, um, I couldn't I couldn't do anything. And sometimes it was crazy. I would look in the mirror feeling faint and I would literally just go ghost white. And the only thing I could do was lay in my bed and just pass out. Um, and so the pain was horrible. Um, and then, yeah, after I had my son, it went back to the pain. But after I had my daughter, it when my period started up again, it was um, a whole year of no issues with my with my period. Um, so yeah, I wonder if maybe something to do with you know I know that different um, you know your hormones can be affected in different ways depending on the pregnancy and your health and also the gender of the baby. I think. 
can affect oh. your hormones. I'm is that I'm I'm not never heard 100% of that. sure, but um, yeah. maybe that's not true. <laughs> but you never um, know. Yeah, but um, yeah. Fortunately, it was a whole year, but then I started up with the painful periods again, and so I've noticed there's there's some herbs, and maybe Renata and I a different episode can go deeper. But um, there's some really great herbs. I know that with painful periods, a one of the main issues commonly can be low progesterone. Mm -hmm. Um, So it can be a cause, one cause can be high estrogen, but that's, it can just be in relation to progesterone. So if you have low progesterone, but normal estrogen, just that the estrogen being higher than the progesterone can lead to the painful periods um, and a lot of other symptoms like sore breasts. Um, But so yeah, there's some herbs like Vitex, um, which you, what I've learned with that, because when I originally learned about herbal medicine, um, the herbalists that I was um, training under, they um, they said they never used Vitex. Mm. Um, they just, they said they don't use that herb. Um, it can cause, it, it can cause um, feelings of depression for a lot of people. So. I think that was one of their reasons. I think there were other reasons too. But what I've learned that if you take it at a certain time in your in your menstrual cycle for the um I think it's the two weeks leading up to the start of menstruation, that it can be beneficial for supporting healthy hormone levels that can reduce um pain and then also herbs um like ginger. Um, angelica root so there's chinese angelica um and then there's angelica archangelica um which is a western um they're very similar um and there's another oh mugwort too so things like that bringing the the circulation and blood flow to the uterus you do have to be careful if you have heavy periods um but i've noticed that um doing that for a week to two weeks up to leading up to my period that um, I generally am getting less pain. Um, but I, you know, I, I haven't been that great about it recently. Um, but when I do do it, it, it is really helpful. I, I love that. Um, have you heard of Yoni steams? For... Yeah, yeah, not in, in relation to, um, to, pain though is that helpful for yeah i send my clients home with a quart of herbs to do yoni steams so i also learned how to do yoni steams when i was in my Mm -hmm. training um you can um likely you you, you're the more the herb expert than i am but you can likely receive those herbs through a yoni steam just as you could take it internally you could look into Mm -hmm. it to see what it's what what the benefits are to to receiving it like in a steam up into the vaginal tissues. Um, but it's wonderful for like excessive bleeding, painful mm-hmm. menstruation. Um, sometimes like for me, I'm in perimenopause, so mine will start and stop. Mm-hmm. So I'll, ha- I'll bleed for two days, have a couple days off, bleed for two more days. That's just an interesting pattern. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And so mm-hmm. I get like a tiny vacation from bleeding and then it starts up again. Um, and so, um, you know, there's some herbs that can create more continuous bleeding. Mm-hmm. So that you could just kind of get your bleed done in a you know a set time without it starting and stopping, um, but yeah, that's another thing you could look into is you know having a, a yoni steam. 
Interesting. Yeah. I, that reminds me of, um, I think it's called mock combustion, something like yeah. that. It's like the China. Mm-hmm. I don't, am I saying it correctly? It's yeah. Like Chinese. Just, this flat yeah. fire and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a bundle of herbs. I mm-hmm. think you light it kind of like a, a smudge, but mm-hmm. you use mugwort, I think it yep. is, or something similar. To, yeah. Um, yeah. As you around the belly area. And I wonder if that um, is similar to the, to the steam. It's, it's bringing those like essential oils and mm-hmm. all those right. properties into that area. Yeah. Yeah, and, and these herbs also have like a spiritual purpose. So if someone is mm-hmm. trying to heal her womb space after an assault or, you know, um, fi- finally getting healing around her sexual abuse when she was a child, um, certain herbs like mugwort is huge for releasing. Mugwort is great for after a miscarriage. And I do give it out to women who have, who've had a miscarriage, but I always tell them, do it very, be very mindful that you're not healing too fast because, mm-hmm. you know, just like, a, a, a juice cleanse healing your soul too quickly can create um, negative effects. You know, you could re-traumatize yourself. We have to gently, you know, healing should be gentle and slow and not a sudden like deep dive into your inner child wounding in just one, like, you know, in one session, that kind of thing. It's, it's a slow titrating process. So mugwort in amounts that are safe for the woman um, spiritually and emotionally safe for the woman are, is also wonderful for, uh, releasing, um, releasing like, stories, conditioning, sexual trauma, miscarriage, things of that nature. So I, I specialize quite a bit in like grief, um, the transition, like ha- healing from abortion, healing from miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of things. So yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of womb stuff. <laughs> yeah. Can you go into, okay, so I've been hearing a lot about Yoni schemes for, you know, maybe the last like year or two, and I've never attempted or tried or anything myself. Um, So I don't really know how to do it or what it entails. I mean, obviously it entails your vagina, but do you like have the steam come up? Do you sit Mm -hmm. in it or like what? Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I was doing it wrong for so long <laughs> until like a month ago. And, um, and then I, when I finally did it right, I was like, Whoa, this is incredible. And now, now I'm kind of addicted to them. Um, so, um, the biggest thing that the thing that I did wrong was I did not let the steam feel hot enough against my okay. tissues. I had this like fear that I was going to burn myself. Yeah. And so as a result, it just felt like a tiny, like a lukewarm bath kind of, it just didn't do anything for me when you allow the steam to really do its thing and just be mindful of the temperature, you want it to feel like a hot tub. You want it to be almost too hot. You know, okay. um, you, you kind of want to be like, this isn't burning me. Right. Okay. It's not <laughs> good. It just, and you, when you start to sweat down there, I, I don't think anyone has, have, has anyone ever had their labia sweat? You know, how, how, have we ever experienced that? Like, right. I, yeah. We don't even get that in the shower, like, because usually our mm-hmm. showers are like 100 degrees. But when you get it to 104 degrees, uh, which I think is the temp- the ideal temperature for mm-hmm. Yoni steams. Um, um, actually, that's probably not true. I'm thinking of immersion baths when you actually plunge your, your arm or your, your hand or your foot into the water. So you probably want it to be just under boiling. So that's obviously 200 plus degrees. But you want to feel like you're sweating down there. But what you do is you take a cup of herbs. So I, I literally take my hand and I grab a, a handful of herbs. And, you know, I usually do rosemary, basil, 
oregano. I get everything organic through mountainroseherbs.com. I love mountain rose yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As long as you don't mind waiting like 17 yeah. days to get yeah. your food. Like, it's like 17 business days. So it's yeah. like a month, you know. So if you have an anniversary coming up with your partner, get your herbs a month before because these are yeah, wonderful right. right before intimacy. Okay. The men love it. They're like, whoa, what'd you do with, what'd you do with the place? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and don't and don't tell them don't tell them that you're doing it you know right. just wait just they'll they'll notice but um yeah if you get you could get like um you know you could so rose rose is wonderful for these steams it's a very romantic loving mm -hmm. so these these herb these herbal steams can serve any purpose you could use it to heal from a miscarriage you know add some mugwort you could do it to spice up intimacy you could add some rose some lavender um all dried we don't do essential oils with steams that's too intense yeah um but if you just want general cleansing like lemon balm is a staple i use rosemary oregano and basil like those four things and marigold which is another word for calendula i can't say that word um Sorry, those man. are wonderful and those are great for um women who've had episiotomies or tearing okay. in the vaginal oh i've had both <laughs> so mm -hmm. oh my gosh so you could do it um as long as you're out of that initial pain, because it is heat, it's hot water. So, you know, if you just got cut there or tore, you don't want to mm -hmm. get that close to heat that quickly. But after a week or so, you could probably tolerate the steams. But um, you you boil a handful of these herbs in water for, and you know, once it gets to boiling, bring it down to simmering and then let it simmer for at least 20 minutes. And then I position, I put the pot of water on the ground and um, I, I'll put it on top of a towel so it doesn't burn my carpet or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I position myself over the pot. And what, what I do is I take two chairs, like two dining room chairs is perfect. But I'll, I, in the beginning, I used a toilet bowl. I just stuck the pot inside the toilet because I had no privacy for the longest time um, with kids and stuff. But um, if you don't have any kids that are going to bother you, you take two chairs and you so if the dining room chairs are facing this way, you just make a V and then you, you sit on both chairs. So each thigh is sitting on one of the chairs. Um, and you want to make sure your vaginal area is open, like inside mm -hmm. the triangle. And then you put the pot underneath you. And the biggest key for me is putting a few books or something under the pot to raise it closer to my body. That's yeah. so important. You want, you really want to feel that heat and you want to feel like, oof, you know, you want to notice it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And then you'll start to taste the herbs in your mouth actually, which is pretty cool. <laughs> that reminds me um, one thing. I mean, I, this is really up to anybody, but I, whenever I have a yeast infection, which is now yes. far and few, I put a clove of garlic up there and I could taste it. <laughs> I can taste mm -hmm. it when I do that and I just leave it in there overnight and my yeast infection is yeast yeah. infection is gone the next day. And, it's you know, so and I always true. tell people you can taste it and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. Just try it yeah. sometime when you have a yeast infection. Oh, but, I, yeah. I had a partner. I was with a gentleman for about a year. And for some reason, there's something about our chemistry. I had mm -hmm. a yeast infection for like a year. And I was always using that. As a, yeah. And if you cut the garlic in half, you cut the it long up. way, yeah. yeah. And I, I think one time I put it inside gauze or something, but that worked so well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. So, so I, I understand what you mean by you could taste it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Those are the days. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, I haven't. Yep. I, it's been a while since I've used the technique because I've, you know, I've been working on some things and, you know, whatever. But yeah. yeah, that was one technique I used. I tell everybody and they're like, you're weird. And I'm like, no, it works. <laughs> These steams are wonderful for yeast infections as well. That's good to like, know. Yeah. yeah. If you if you suffer from chronic yeast infections and if you're itchy, if you're feeling itching, you could do like mm. marigold flowers okay. um, and definitely like the 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 sage, like the the sage, the basil, the um the probably lavender would probably so like soothe your skin a good mm -hmm. amount but like your green herbs is what's going to help cleanse and balance out your ph yeah i feel for someone who's had chronic yeast infections i remember going through that for a solid year <laughs> in my 30s yeah. so is this mm -hmm. also something that could potentially help with chronic utis too or i, I uh, think so yeah okay yes absolutely yeah mm -hmm. i mean i knock on wood i don't have that issue but because you know i've talked to a lot of women who do have that yeah. and they're like i don't know what to do so i i try to like figure out herbs and things but now i can recommend potentially a a yoni steam i mean i don't i would like to know more before i recommend it but you know and, and learn how to actually like maybe teach people that but yeah you know, i could recommend and, it yeah and these have a spiritual component too you know i'm sure jenna could attest to this like when women, especially younger women who haven't done a lot of like inner child work and a lot of like healing around the social conditioning that our bodies are wrong or, you know, mm -hmm. stretch marks are bad, periods are bad, you know, things that happen to us naturally are bad. When we get chronic yeast infections and we haven't done that kind of healing, we start to, oftentimes we start to hate our bodies. We, mm -hmm. we don't feel sexual. We don't feel attractive. And so doing these steams helps restore like empowerment and like self-love instead of just going to get a prescription, like mm -hmm. you're kind of like nourishing your vagina, you know, it's, it's very loving and nourishing thing to do. So there's like a, a spiritual like realignment that can happen when we do these things. That's just my opinion. And Rosita yeah. Arvigo is huge on, on the spiritual part of herbs. As I Jenna can definitely probably say. see that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I've noticed that. Um, since becoming a mom, I, I feel like I've become more comfortable with my body, but I have noticed, you know, when certain issues like pain come up, um, and that sort of thing, it's initially, it's kind of like this, this, um, anger towards the area, like, oh, I'm so frustrated mm. that like, I keep having to deal with this and, you know, why are you in pain? Kind of just, you know, questioning that part of your body. Like, why, why do you have to be like this mm -hmm. and yeah. um and i've noticed that when instead of speaking that way to that part of my body you know showing it love like i'm sorry that you're dealing with this pain and um just sending love to that area like i want you to feel better and i'm mm -hmm. here for you like that sort of thing and just just like you would speak to a friend who's in pain right rather yes. than just um being mad at them for having pain exactly showing them love and compassion and um just the um um the unconditional love like i'm going to help figure out what's wrong and i'm gonna take care of this because it's you know i i want to overcome this i don't want to deal with this forever and i think herbs i mean herbs have just been life-changing for me and I love how each of them have kind of their own personalities and they're like different friends you know it's like when you're feeling a certain way um you can call on certain herbs mm -hmm. to help support you and um yeah I just I love that and one herb 
um, that I've been working with again recently is Damiana and just mm, that yeah. it's, like it's that considered an aphrodisiac, mm -hmm. but it's, I just find it to be so relaxing and it helps to nourish that feeling of love and just um, gratitude. I feel like it, it really helps, helps with that. Yeah. I wanted to add something that's so important. Um, I'm hope I'm sorry for interrupting. I, what you said oh, no, reminded I, me. I was done. Yeah, postpartum hemorrhoids and 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 also, so plantain is wonderful. And if you mm -hmm. if you have a baby in the spring, go get go into your yard and get plantain out of your. Learn how to identify plantain, and you could actually boil that for free. You don't have to buy it from Mountain Rose Herbs and yeah. wait three months for it to come in. Yeah. But if and you could actually take the plantain leaf, as you know, probably Jenna, you could grind it up and literally stick it in your in your bum to heal your hem help reduce your hemorrhoids and you could actually steam if you have hemorrhoids as long as you don't have as long as they're not feeling um inflamed that day mm -hmm. uh, if you're having a good day with the hemorrhoids that's a great day to steam um mm -hmm. and that's another thing that women beat themselves up over like oh my gosh i have hemorrhoids now i don't look like the girls do in the movies you know that you know so it's it really tarnishes it could tarnish a woman's like feeling of sexiness especially if they're in their childbearing years and they want to have another kid someday and they want to be present for their partner in that way and it's like the first birth you know even like a disappointing birth experience or a traumatic birth experience can disconnect a woman from her body and so the steaming the self-massage the castor oil therapy that helps the woman nourish herself because we it's it's literally impossible to please our partners as as much as we want if we don't if we're not feeling amazing in our bodies yeah, and loving to our, even if we don't feel amazing like i don't feel amazing in my body right now i'm going through menopause you know i have a boyfriend who's 22 like but i'm but i still love my body mm -hmm. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know i'm not feeling great and happy but i i still love my body that's a core piece that i'm not going to really let let go of because of my body's aging and changing right so, yeah. yeah for sure um, i wanted to add in too that I feel um, that women should like start to just, I don't know if the right word is examine, but just kind of look at themselves and like look down there and kind of figure it out. And like, just, you know, once, like you said, Jenna, just, you know, give some love to that area and not in a sexual way, but just like loving it and understanding that, you know, this is like a gateway. This is like a precious mm -hmm. being. This is a, 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 like a, a human grower this is you know it's so many different things that mm -hmm. the tree of life exists down there we should just love it and you know and try to look at it and just you know nurture it and stuff and and like you said not be like you're crappy today you you suck. i mean like i would never call my best friend like a you know a son of a bee or anything <laughs> like, i would never like call her that so why would i call my body, my vagina, mm -hmm. my sacred yeah. space, that type of stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So true. I yeah, think this and... was a, a good way to kind of talk about that too. So, mm -hmm. I appreciate you kind of bringing that into this episode. Oh, yeah. It's so huge. And it, and it, it cut, it, it really, when women, when women get cut off sexually from themselves mm -hmm. in their 30s, it, it doesn't just get better when they're 50. Like, right. I'm telling you right now, it does not. Like, so it has to be this has to be like an ongoing, pretty much a daily thing, you mm -hmm. know? So. Yeah. Last episode, we talked about how just things, you know, stay inside of us and they can come out 
when we're triggered in a certain way and we said, you know, giving birth can trigger these things and it's really good to heal this stuff potentially prior to um, becoming pregnant and conception and stuff because mm-hmm. you can really, you know, take a moment to heal your inner child before you potentially put it on your your physical child that came out of you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's one thing like it's just like healing and doing it, you know, on a daily and just, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Women will often delay childbirth, child rearing because of this. That instead of mm-hmm. having a child at 30, they'll wait until they're like 36 because they feel like they're too messed up to have a child. You know, my sister, perfect example. <laughs> yeah. 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 My, my period, my pregnancies were unplanned, so I didn't have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, like if I were to plan them, I would have waited until I was like 48, you know, like, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so this, the work is just incredible. Like the, the, the healing of anything. Even if we've never had sexual trauma, like there's societal sexual trauma, there's conditioning, exactly, there's messages. Yeah. Our partners, some women have partners who want that, the the nice like homemaker housewife type, which is great. I love that too. I mean, I, I would love to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll look at women on TV that are doing other things. And, and so mm-hmm. the, it makes women confused. Like, well, wait a minute, do they, what do they want? You know, do mm-hmm. I have to be, is, you know, can I? You know, so our conditioning is so traumatizing for women and men. I think men are equally yeah. as harmed in this in this conditioning as well. The toxic patriarchal system um, around sexuality is is very pain, very very harmful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're in a good era of time where we can start to really, you know, I once again said this last week, can gain awareness around our body and body autonomy and and just trying to understand that we're you know it's okay to heal and to to you know become the better version of yourself yeah definitely um we're coming close to an hour do we want to um i could keep going wrap things up a bit and it's up to you uh yeah i mean we can talk about if you have we can talk about projects if you have any projects that you want. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. So, all right. So then uh, looking ahead, uh, what exciting projects, resources, or developments do you have in the works uh, that will continue to benefit and empower women's journeys? Yeah. So I currently do one-on-one coaching with women. They work with me for up to six months. And what I really want to do is put out a course for uh, the Jade Egg. If anyone's familiar with the Jade Egg, it's like a, it's a, literally a, a jade stone. It's, it's an egg about this big. And, um, there are holes drilled into it. So you could string dental floss through the egg. And what you could do is you can, you insert it into the vagina and you can do exercises to strengthen your pelvic floor, um, increase sensation in all the entire, um, is it circumference of the vagina, you know, all around and all, all four walls basically to increase uh, sensitivity um, for someone who's has, who has numbness. This is a wonderful practice, but mostly it's like a, a healing. Um, it's a healing path for women who've had trauma in this area or just simply want to be more connected with their bodies. Um, and so this will probably be like a six to eight week course. I want to release in January of 2024. And um, this will also involve you know, breath work, meditation, these are components I work with, um, with all my clients through Zoom. And so that's something I'm putting together right now. And I'm really excited about it. 
Nice. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. That's great. That kind of actually makes me want to ask a question of like Kegeling. Do you mm-hmm. think that it's, you know, I mean, obviously it's beneficial, but do you do, would that be something that you would use and Kegel with too? The, right. the jade egg. Okay. Yeah. If someone's really advanced, I haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do have a pro a rectocele and a cystocele. And even though it's like 50% better, it's, it could be better, you know? So I'm, I'm working on with the jade egg right now. Um, and I'm actually studying to be a jade egg, you know, get my jade egg certification. I'm hoping that I get it done by December. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. so I could release the course in January, but, um, I'm becoming certified through the same teacher that certified me to be a sex coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, you can incorporate Kegels into the jade egg, you know, where, you actually try to like squeeze the jade egg with all four walls of the vaginal canal, um, release uh, partially, you know, bring it back up again. There's all sorts of things you can do. Um, and then with the string, you're, you know, you could do, there's an exercise where you could actually pull on the string and pull up at the same time. So you're creating resistance and some really advanced people will tie like a, a small weight, maybe one or two ounces or something and stand up and pull up on the jade egg, which is something I have not yet gone to, but I'm, I'm hoping to get me, I have goals, you know, yeah. <laughs> nice. yep. you know, menopause is around the corner. I better, I'm going to get going. Cause we do lose tonicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, yeah, we, we lose tone over time, which is mm-hmm. super exciting. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so where can our audience find you? Do you have um, any social media channels or yeah. websites? So, yep. Uh, LilaPeterson.com. It's just my full name.com. And um, I also have an email address, Leela at LilaPeterson.com. People can email me with questions. I, I'm really quick with responding to people. Um, yeah. Those are the places where people can reach me. I am on Facebook. I'm not, I've been trying to get active on Instagram for about 10 years. I haven't gotten around <laughs> to it yet. I just it's feel like, hard. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like it's like a young person thing. I feel kind of like an old, old generation X person, you know, trying to use it, but I'm definitely on Facebook. So. Yeah. We'll uh, put your information in our show notes. So people have a way to contact you and uh, you know, if they're interested in receiving these, um, beautiful things that you do they can they can hit you up and and Mm -hmm. chat with you and stuff and uh, i I I offer um i offer two hour complimentary zoom calls to start off yeah and in that we try to i i I assist the women in helping uncover her deepest desires in the realm of sex love and relationships and interestingly they come with me with those with those um questions or concerns but ultimately it's about healing the womb space <laughs> and that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what the journey is about. It's no one's going to come and say, I need to heal my womb space. They're coming because right. they, they just got a divorce and um, they, they're afraid to date again because they mm-hmm. were put down by their former partner or they don't like their body because they weigh 50 pounds over where they want to be mm-hmm. and they don't want to date again, but they want to, but they're afraid to. So it's really, it's womb healing, but they're coming to me with midlife challenges Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Jenna, do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, we'll close it out then. So uh, thank you for listening to episode six with Leela Peterson. If you're just listening to our series for the first time, we provide new episodes biweekly at the beginning of those weeks. If you haven't yet, hit that follow button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to support. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to message us on Instagram at modernmomswellness underscore podcast. We appreciate the love as always. Until next time. Bye. Bye.